0: Hello and welcome to the ever widening circles podcast designed to give you more joy, less fear and no end to the evidence that a brighter future is possible. This podcast is going to give you a fresh perspective on the world around you. We want you to hear from thought leaders in a wave of progress and goodness well underway around the globe that we're calling the conspiracy of goodness. I'm Dr. Linda Ulrich, founder of Ever Widening Circles. Since 2014, I've been changing the negative dialogue about our times by celebrating the insights and innovations that prove it is still an amazing world. And along the way, we've been having incredible conversations with thought leaders that we are now sharing with you. Today, I'm gonna chat with co-founder Hopes Vara of an enterprise that is just magical. It's called Mother Trucker Yoga. Hi, Hope. How are you?
1: Hi, I am fantastic and super excited to be here.
0: Well, I could go into the long story about how we met, which is quite full of serendipity. But I've written a book recently, uh, published a book called Happiness is an Option, And in that book, you learn about this zone of possibility that's out there just waiting for us to engage it. And I had so many stories of thought leaders in the world that I told in the first version of that book, but we had to make it readable. And I decided to leave Hope's story in the book because she is pointing to something in in our world that's going to rise to the top very, very soon if it already isn't in people's lives. And, um, and I'm calling it the gratitude economy. I think what we're in right now is an attention economy. You know how it works. Everybody is just doing whatever they can to get our attention. But I believe we're changing that. And we're going to open a new era really, really soon where people who are doing good things and also at the same time, putting food on their table, they're going to get our attention and that's going to open a new kind of economy where we can support the things that are doing good business and doing good in the world. So Hope, you can do a much better job introducing yourself than I can. Tell, tell me about what you're doing and introduce yourself.
1: Well, since we met last spring here. A lot has been going on. Like Dr. Linda said, my name is Hope Zavara and I am the CEO and co-founder of Mother Trucker Yoga. You heard that correctly, Mother Trucker Yoga. Three years ago, I started this business because I was at a local small mixer in my hometown here in Wisconsin and uh, looked over at this gentleman at a table and started chumming up a conversation. I was in yoga. He was in trucking. And I was trying to pitch him corporate yoga because at the time I went into corporate businesses and taught yoga and wellness for their employees. And he looked at me and said, do you have anything for truck drivers like in the cab of their truck? And I'm a pretty theatrical person at times. I threw up my hands and I said, mother trucker yoga. And he looked at me. I know he looked at me. And Dr. Linda, you know how you're just, it's the right place at the right time? This gentleman that I just met 20 minutes ago looked at me, stuck out his hand, and says, That's brilliant. And you want to go into business? And I was there with my husband. And I always joke that my husband is the rock in the relationship, and I'm the balloon. I'm the, let's do it and figure it out later. And my husband's, let's say maybe and then no tomorrow. And, and he looked at me, my husband looked at me and without fail said, you should totally do this. I shook his hand. The next day he called me up and said, all right, partner, are we going to do this? And in four months time, we built a complete business. But more importantly, we built our website. We built a membership site. We built a whole platform for truck drivers, finally, to be able to take better care of themselves while living over the road in their environment. Wow.
0: I have to tell you a little bit about um, how I met Hope because you can tell from her enthusiasm that she is an amazing public speaker. In the summer of uh, 2019, I decided that Ever Widening Circles had reached a stage where I had to be a better messenger. So I hired a company that Hope has a connection to called Advance Your Reach. And they, oh, my gosh, did they improve my way of thinking. They am- improved everything I that comes out of my mouth even now today. And Hope, would you call yourself a consultant or a trainer or what? What? Tell me what your relationship to Advance Your Reach is.
1: So I have been working with Advance Your Reach. I actually went through their program about four years ago because I was teaching yoga and sharing my story on the yoga mat. And someone was like, you should really take that to the stage. And that was always something that I felt like I wanted to do in life. And there all of a sudden the opportunity was. But um, I'm for them, I'm a trainer or a consultant. I work with them independently, and I get to offer my talents and everything I've learned over the last 20 years of being in business and speaking.
0: The insight I've come to since first knowing you and and having my training about public speaking through Adventure Reach is that (sighs) I don't think it matters what you're in in life, but becoming more confident and more right to the point and being able to be a better storyteller as far as becoming a public speaker, even if it's just being a public speaker standing in your kitchen in the morning trying to get your kids to do their homework, <laughs> I mean there's no downside to being a better public speaker. And I'm sure that your insights about how to how to chat with people across divides in public speaking has made this an extraordinarily successful endeavor because who would put those two things together? yoga and trucking. I mean, tell us more about about this leap, because this is what I want people to realize, is that most of the most important thought leaders in the world, they have connected to things that no one ever thought to connect. So get us all fired up about what's possible in that zone.
1: Yeah, well, I have a million things running through my head right now. But I first want to just say really what public speaking, or if you're going to improve yourself in that area, it's about more clearly communicating what you do or how you want to help people. And I have worked with hundreds of people that have business ideas that have successful businesses, or maybe just are getting started. And one of the biggest, most crucial missing pieces is that they might be really good at their craft, but they're really bad at communicating their craft. And if you want to help people in this world in any capacity, you have to be able to communicate as clearly as possible, get rid of all the extra words, get rid of all the extra crap nobody cares about, or that actually is deterring people from connecting with you. That's what learning how to communicate your story, communicate your product, communicate your service, become a better public speaker really is about.
0: Yeah. And you know, I don't want to go too far down that path because we've got so much to talk about outside of that, but it is where your and my relationship started. And I, and I do think that I I owe you so much gratitude. There was something magical about those three days that you really impressed upon me. So many notions that I, I use every day when I'm talking to media and news about what's possible now in these times, because ever widening circles is so relevant right now. Okay. So Let's talk about that because that is fundamental to anybody who wants to do anything. So let's say somebody has a small idea. They see a problem and they say, oh, my gosh, that's just terrible. And instead of just stopping there, they say, oh, my gosh, that's just terrible. I'm going to do something about it. So I'm on this thing right now during the pandemic to tell people to do what they can do. They don't have to give somebody a touchdown. It doesn't have to be big, but small things are so important. So give us some pointers on, on being able to, with clarity, talk about what you do. And you can use it through the lens of Mother Trucker Yoga. Tell us more about that whole story and use that as a lens.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so kind of going back to the serendipity moment of meeting my former business partner and just being presented With what I always did, like I said, I'm a yoga teacher by trade, by nature, and I found yoga because I was struggling with an eating disorder and had nothing else that was helping me. But aside from that, I think when we're trying to communicate and trying to help people, and like you said, this idea of the zone of possibilities, we also need to have our eyes and our minds open to the fact that sometimes... Those ways to do that are coming in different packages. Because here's the unique thing about my whole situation of starting Mother Trucker Yoga. I wasn't going to go to that business mixer that night. My husband was like, you should go. But that morning, I just got in from leading a retreat in Utah for seven days. I was tired. I was like, I know all these people at this thing. Like, I don't want to go. And he was like, you should go. You should come with me. And so I went. And then the same thing with the gentleman I met, he wasn't supposed to be there. He was there because his business partner told him he should come. He lived in Illinois. He drove up. He didn't really want to go. And it's like, we both, we both did it anyways. The, the opportunity was presented to us. The universe said, Hey, and we both showed up. And for me, for the last Five years prior to meeting him that November night, I had kept selling the universe, kept selling my creator, whoever you want. It doesn't matter. Please show me what my next steps are. I know that owning a yoga studio in my small hometown is not the end game for me. I want to inspire millions, but I don't know how. At the time, I was a small fish, in a big pond in the yoga world. And I knew that I was different. I knew that I had a message to share, but it was getting watered down and washed out with everybody else that was trying to do something similar. And so then I did something. I didn't even know I was doing it, but someone offered me an opportunity, my husband, and I took it. And then this gentleman I never met humored me in a conversation and he presented an opportunity that I could have laughed off, said, Oh my God, I don't even know you, but I did not because what was the worst that was going to happen? It doesn't work. (laughs) That
0: is such a great insight, right? Like What is wrong with uh, the system that we've all become so accustomed to where if we think the risk is is too big or if we can even imagine any failure, we shut down. Exactly. That is not how anything good ever came to be in this world.
1: Well, and Dr. Linda, I wanna point out to something, for those of you that are listening, we get in our own box. We get in our own way and get in our own head because up to that point, I'll be totally honest, I never thought about yoga plus trucking. It never occurred to me. I had truckers that were students in my studio. I had, you know, I had known the owners of trucking companies in my town, but I had never put those two words together until that night at that business mixer with that stranger where he put it together for me. And That moment, that night changed my life forever, Dr. Linda, because I was willing to take a chance on something and my prayers were answered. My desire was fulfilled, but the thing was, it came in a package I never expected. And sometimes I see this happen a lot in people's lives where it's like nothing good ever happens to me. How am I going to be able to help people when blank? Well, maybe you're looking for only one particular answer because you think that's how it's supposed to be. What if you step back and open yourself up to the possibilities of anything, of anything?
0: Okay, so that's something, oh gosh, we could just run in so many directions now. So you're talking about something right here that I took a lot in the book. I, I don't think we've talked about it yet, but this book I published on September 1st called Happiness is an Option is a book about all that's possible right now. We can change the negative dialogue about our times, We're specifically focused on how we see less fear and more joy in our online lives. Because as you know, because you've heard my, my little spiel so much and training me to be a bub- better public speaker, I went from ordinary web user to global web publisher in seven intense years. So I can still remember exactly what it's like to be an ordinary person and be blind to what the internet's doing with us. So in the book, I share all the things that uh, that I've learned in four simple shifts about how we can look at the internet in our lives and make it a tremendous force of good. Okay. So during the course of, of my talking to all these thought leaders and writing about them forever widening circles, I noticed they all have something in common that you just articulated beautifully. They have five things in common, as a matter of fact. But And we, we may or may not get to the other five, but here's one that you're doing that I think Almost anyone could have access to if they were open, exactly as you described. The thought leaders in the coming new era that I think is opening are going to be putting together two things that no one ever thought to combine. So, <laughs> and you just perfectly, I couldn't have said it any better. Okay. So, help us go to the next step. Help us imagine what you're doing to improve people's lives. You're doing more than helping people survive. You're helping people thrive during a pandemic, during one of the worst times in human history. What you're doing is service to others and you're putting bread on the table for your family. This is the wave that's coming. Tell us first, help us see the the wonder that you're adding to people's lives.
1: Well, I think, first of all, I just want to mention, because this will help bring merit to what I'm going to say, this is all possible and this is all working Because when I met my former business partner and we started Mother Trucker Yoga, and and this is, to me, really critical, I didn't try to reinvent myself. I didn't say I need to be this brand new person because I'm in a new industry. What I did was I looked at all the things I was good at. And what I recognized was it was simply um, an opportunity for me to take my gifts and talents and put them to use where I would actually be heard, where people actually wanted what I have to say. And I've been told by multiple people in the trucking industry, Hope, I don't know how you've done this in two and a half, three years, because getting in the trucking world is extremely difficult. They are a very close-knit family that do not let in outsiders very much. And I have to believe that this idea of being open to possibilities and being in a gratitude economy, this is because I want to actually help people. I want to actually give back. So the fact that when your heart is in the right place, This idea of growing something and putting two totally different things together, you have to believe that this is meant to be because I've been told by people, this is the worst idea ever. I've been told by people, why would you ever want to do that? But I know I'm on to something. I know that this is where I'm supposed to be. And so we're working with drivers. We're working with companies. We're working with shippers, logistic companies. We're working with other influencers, other companies in the trucking industry to promote trucker health and wellness. This isn't just about, hey, let me show you some stretch in the truck cab. Let me show you how to like do this Cobra or Warrior two pose. This is about showing drivers showing drivers, showing showing people that are in the trucking world that are travelers. We're getting a, a, a quite a big following in the RV world now, the travel world, where this is about you learning how to take better care of you in the environment that you're in. So one of the things I like to think I'm really good at is being able to zone in and really tune in to what people actually need in the environment that they're in. Because what I've seen before, and maybe you can relate on some level, when it's like, hey, a truck driver should exercise. So I'm going to exercise in front of a truck. This is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is finding those pockets of time within your day that you can insert movement, that you can learn how to drink more water, even on a crazy schedule, that you can do these simple things to help you sleep when a reefer, which is like a refrigerator truck, is running next to you, All night long, here's how you can do these things in your environment versus just slapping something onto another platform or another audience. So when Dr. Linda says marrying two things together, it doesn't mean wrapping something in the clothes of something else and then calling it that. This is about really merging two things together and making them actually be an asset for the audience. Not just saying, hey, this is a great cookie. You should eat it. But I know that your audience actually doesn't eat cookies, but you totally should. So this is really about seeing what that audience needs and delivering it in the package that they need it in.
0: That is such a good way to say that. And you know, that gets to the heart of something I recognized in you the very first time I met you and every single person I've met, frankly, at Adventure Reach. Everybody seems to be tuned into this way of being in the world where you feel like you're in the service of others. You know, we, we usually hold that notion for, you know, public servants or dentists or doctors or something. But really, I think there's a place growing in the business world that I, I want to talk about more after I actually have you describe what you do for people. But um, this being in the service of others is going to be part of this new day that's going to be dawning is that people will be recognizing others who have found a way to share their gifts and expand the lives of others, expand what other people think are possible. I love your description. So one of the things I remember that you told me when we were together was that you actually have, uh, do you have videos? Or I remember you telling me that you have like the cab of a, of a truck set up and you show people how to actually do yoga in the cab or when they're public guests, tell, tell us more about the actual nuts and bolts of this.
1: Absolutely. So when we first ventured out on wanting to do this, I have a tendency, it's my personality, to want to make sure I do things to the best of my ability. I know sometimes that hurts me because then I want things to be really nice, but I wanted to make sure that drivers didn't, See that I was just someone trying to tell them what what they should do when I don't even understand their environment. So, everything we did in our membership site is all shot inside a cab of a truck. So, in the driver's seat, in the sleeper, which is their bed, um, or right outside the truck. So, everything that I'm doing, I'm actually explaining to them I'm a why person. So, not just saying, hey, do this move, which if you've watched any fitness video on the face of the planet, it's do this thing. But What if your back hurts when you do that? What if you can't do that because your tummy's a little too big? Like, what if? So I really try to break this down to educate them because I believe knowledge is power when applied correctly and then showing them in the environment that they're in. And my goal is that they start doing these things throughout the day without me. Like, that's what I want. I want them to be like, yeah, I'm waiting for my load. I have an hour. Oh, yeah, I could do these pelvic tilts in the driver's seat or I could get out and walk around the truck and get some steps in. It just there is an infinite amount of possibilities. I don't care if you're a mother, a trucker or a yogi, like you can do these things. And so for me, it was really important that I actually bring in my talents, what I'm good at, my wheelhouse and actually apply them to their environment. So if you're thinking like, wow, I could marry fishing and baking cakes, like, I don't know, like, make sure that you actually merge them together. Don't just blanket them, like actually cohesively fit those two together. So your audience can see that you're just not trying to make a quick buck. Like I actually want to help drivers like that is my goal. That's what gets me up every morning.
0: I love that notion of the marrying things. And it sounds like to me, you had another thing going right at the beginning that I think is important, I've noticed with thought leaders. Instead of going and reinventing or asking us all to go buy a whole bunch of new stuff. So in the innovator's recipe, number two is combine things that no one ever thought to combine. So we've talked about that. Number three is they use surplus. They use things that we already have plenty of instead of inventing a whole bunch more stuff, which we don't need in the world. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, that's a great thing. And this falls perfect, Dr. Linda, with my whole philosophy with our business in that we joke it's no mat yoga. And that I am always telling drivers and, and people that are joining us that you don't need a fancy yoga mat. You don't need $128 yoga pants. You can be in your work boots and your jeans. All you need is a willing body and a willing mind. That's it and don't get me wrong some of the other stuff we offer we show them how to use resistance bands with you know a truck loop kit things like that but it's like $15 like i just i don't believe in trying to sell all this stuff to people just to make a quick buck i want them to invest in those other things because they're also ready for it and they're actually going to use it how much stuff do we have laying around at home that we thought oh i'm going to do that but it's just laying there still in the box like You need to know why you need to be inspired and empowered and motivated and and, and in that place to actually utilize those tools. So I understood that I just wanted to make people feel the movement, pun intended, in the beginning. And now we've expanded to a few products. I just created this last spring a pain relief cream for drivers called Stiff Mother Trucker. Why? Because drivers are in pain. And and here's the great thing, Dr. Linda. This is where you know you're in where you're supposed to be to, to help people in this world. For the last 20 years, I've wanted to create my own pain relief cream as a yoga and fitness instructor. I used everybody else's. I was like too much chemicals, too greasy, doesn't do anything, smells horrible. And I was at an event and someone looked at me and said, I love your business have you ever thought about having a pain relief cream? And my mouth just dropped. And I, and I looked at her, I said, uh, yes. And she's like, I actually help people create products, like real products. And, and my big thing was always in my head, like I want to do things the right way. That's been my motto the last two years is no more hodgepodge. No more do it yourself. Although I do a lot do it yourself, but I want to actually make things right. I want to do things the right way. And we developed a product. I work with a organic beauty industry manufacturer. She helped me get all my wish list ingredients there and there. But the best part is it actually works. How about
0: that? How about that? You know, that's one of the things that I'm. I'm. I'm already starting on the second book and. That's what I, one of the things I'm talking about in the second book. How do we know who to trust anymore? I think there's something called rigorous intention out there in the world that we, our, our brains are hardwired to recognize. And <laughs> I always tried to work that into my 20-minute my talk, those two words, rigorous intention, because I, I love
1: it. I'm onto it. I, I have a cup of so- things to say about that that's great well i first came those
0: words came out of my mouth once when i was arguing with the principal of my my son's high school about what we should reward in education because it seemed like we weren't rewarding rigorous intention like i don't know it seemed that we were keeping kids on different levels, depending on what socioeconomic levels, where they started there, or what kind of parents they had encouraging from the background or what have you. And it left the kids not not knowing how they'd be successful in my business. To, be, to work for me, you have to have rigorous intention. So rigorous intention is like, have you ever been to a restaurant where the food's coming out painfully slow, but you've got that, that, that poor waitress keeps coming back by and filling up your drinks and asking you if you're okay. And in the end, you give her the same tip that you would have. But if you've got a waitress that didn't operate with rigorous intention, never came by, never act like she cared, just going through the motions, you're going to give her the 10% instead of the 20. So, um, So most of us can see, I believe most of us can see rigorous intention from a mile away even if we can't actually put a definition to it. And I think that's what you're talking about. You know, who we trust on the internet in the gratitude economy will be the people who can put enough information out in front of us to make sure we know that their heart is in the right place and they have done what they're doing with rigorous intention. You know, we've gotten an internet now that we can't tell inexperience from mastery. We just can't tell good intention from bad. It's just so much noise. So talk to me some more about how rigorous intention strikes you.
1: Well, for me, I've never heard that combination. But wow, is it like piercing in clarity that this is exactly what I've been doing my entire life and didn't know it. And I have a slightly different take or maybe something to add to what you said. And I also believe rigorous intention is that you don't give up. On what it is you know you're supposed to do. It, it's, I think it's similar to this idea of setting a goal. Like you you revisit what you want every day. For 20 years, I thought, I want to create a pain relief cream. I want to have a real product. I want to write a book. I want to do these things. And I, I kept that intention so intently, so rigorously close to my heart. And this is goes back to the zone of possibility. If I wasn't open to sharing at that event that I was at, And presenting to people, hey, I'm the CEO of Mother Trucker Yoga. I could have just said, I'm a yoga teacher or I'm a a business coach, which are things that I do. But I was bold enough to say that. And then someone came up to me afterwards. And this is that same thing like when I met my business partner. She said, hey, have you ever thought about a product? And if I was not open to it, I could have been like, oh, here we go. Some sales pitch for someone to try to get money from me to try to make some whatever. But I didn't. I was like, I have been asking for this for 20 years. And I asked her the questions I knew, like, is this going to be a real product? Do you help me with a manufacturer? Like, what about the packaging? What about like ordering in bulk? I mean, I just put my biggest order in for our pain relief cream last month. Like I'm in shock right now. But my point is, is rigorous intention only works when you also are open to the possibilities of how it will present the solution and and the same thing with now I'm working with a publisher she met me loved the whole idea of mother trucker yoga and thought you need a book hope and I was like I have been (laughs) wanting to write a book and here's my thing again a real book because I, I am self published and there's nothing wrong with that but I wanted to work with a legitimate publisher and now she's presented so many ideas to me and we're working on something now and my big goal of what I thought I wanted she has like niched it down and shifted me to a different possibility that now will work great bundled with my stiff mother trucker pain relief cream. like infinite possibilities due to rigorous intention. Yeah, not giving up on why it is you do what you do, and believing that it will open when you are where you're supposed to be.
0: Absolutely, the best way I could have said it. That is so great. And you know, right at the end, you dropped into something that I talk to people a lot about. The thought leaders that um, that I've been interviewing now for seven years and writing about at ever widening circles. Another thing that they do that's really, really consistent across the board is they aren't married to an outcome. They are not married to an outcome. And that's why they see so many more possibilities that might just whiz by them. Because when you're only married to one outcome or two or three, you are in a echo chamber and you're never going to see these wonderful gifts of insight that come your way. Talk to me about that.
1: Well, a couple things come to my mind when I'm listening to you that. So one is... If we we want something, if we're looking to go at something, let's say like I always tell my husband, I would love to move one day. I would love to be able to go live somewhere else. The travel bug is in my blood. I've lived in Nigeria for a year. I've been to Thailand twice. I've been to a lot of different places. And I always tell people if I wouldn't have gotten to yoga, I probably would have been a missionary. I just, I love serving people. Like there it is again, service. And uh, an opportunity presented itself not too long ago that I may move, but only live somewhere part-time, which is the best of both worlds. And the fact that I was open to it and I didn't shut it down and I'm just letting it evolve, that's the other thing. I'm not pushing it. And I don't know if I'm gonna take the opportunity or not, but I'm just letting it develop over time and see what possibilities come from it. Because I do believe when you open up with this idea things present itself, but like you said, it's not always in the package that you want, but it's in the package that you need and what people need from you in that delivery method. So I know that doesn't quite answer your question, but it made me think of that in the fact that like, we need to be open to that and we need to just kind of see where those things go and what comes of it, because you just never know. You just never know. Like I said, I would have never put trucking and yoga together. But because I had rigorous intention and I was open to possibilities and I didn't lose hope that there's still purpose for me in this world, because there was a point in my life where I should have died, I shouldn't be here, my addiction should have taken me and it didn't, I have to believe that I am moving in the right direction. And if I'm not, The universe is going to pivot me otherwise. There are people out there that don't have good intentions. There are people out there that look great on Instagram. And really, there was a video that I watched once and it was like this guy uh, with a selfie and a bike on his shoulder. And it was like this beautiful hillside. And then it was a video showing him how he pulled over on the side of the road, carried the bike up the hill and took the picture. Like it wasn't what he said it was. So to your point, sometimes Things aren't legit. Sometimes people are dishonest, but I believe there are more good people with good intentions doing good things in the world than there are bad. We just have to open ourselves up to see them.
0: Hey everyone, Dr. Linda here. I wanted to let you know that we just released my book, Happiness is an Option. In the book, I share insights you can use immediately to thrive in the era of the internet. Life is too short. What we are seeing on the internet, social media, and the news is only a slice of reality. But there are four simple shifts you can make to start seeing the rest of the story. And that story can send you soaring every day. The book is available online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or by going to the website for the book, happieroption.com. So, Thanks so much for supporting us this way too. This bit about the openness is something I'd like to hear your thoughts on. So just a really quick little story. So I, my book published Happiness is an Option on September 1st, and it is written during the pandemic. I started it in March and I found a publisher that was amazing to get this book to the public by September 1st because I really had this overwhelming sense that we needed a plan. That so many of us are beaten down, overwhelmed, and discouraged about the future by the way our online lives are controlling our, our perspective these days. So, I got the book out, and it, it was like it was such a wonderful success so quick, which I think is a points to success for us all. I, whenever people are congratulating me about the book, I, I think, ah, uh, no, for me it points to the fact that there are plenty of people in this world. You still have hopes and dreams about possibility. And we just have to be able to shake this grip that the internet has on us. And that's what the book's about. But here's the second thing that happened that's very close to what you were talking about when possibility comes along. So a fan sent me word that there is a new Netflix documentary out called The Social Dilemma and that it was launching on September 9th, just eight days after my book published. And of course I waited with bated breath because, um, you know, would it validate what I was saying in the book? Would it totally crush what I've said? You know, how would it leave us all feeling? Because it's a big, it's probably, well, the LA Times says it's the most important documentary any of us could watch in the year 2020. And I will tell you that the world would change overnight if every person on the planet watched this documentary. And it's not more doom and gloom. It's, it's, it's not going to send you under the, your bed because they've done it so strikingly well. With one exception, they didn't give us a plan at the end. They tell us exactly why and how the internet is messing with us and how we got into this this state where we have so much division and chaos so we there's absolutely no politics in this documentary none zero and you know uh, you might know hope that's one of my big things is that I won't touch politics with a ten foot pole um, I come from people that are on one side and I've lived in it lived in a place that's on the other, and I know both both worlds, and I'm I'm really committed to no division. So anyway, back to your your point. Okay, so this documentary could have made or broke this book that I just put out, and it was it was it was almost frightening <laughs> when I turned on the Netflix documentary on September 9th to see where it stood, and in the end. I wasn't really married to an outcome I discovered because in the end, it wasn't about whether it made or broke my argument in the book. Turns out, my book picks up where it left off, which was a possibility I'd never thought. They completely lay out the problem for us and completely tell us how we got where we're at. And then they didn't have a plan. They talk about government regulation at the very end, which of course means nothing in our times, right? Oh, government regulation is kind of like like hope. Hope is not a plan. It's not a strategy. <laughs> we need step one, two, three, four. That's what we need right now. And so it was such a celebration on my team at Everwinding Circles that while the movie didn't validate every single thing I said in the book, it left the door open for us to continue the narrative. That's not at all what we thought was one of the possibilities, but we were open. And I think that that's what you're talking about. You, you're talking about this kind of mindset where when you're, you're, when you're ready to hear the next message, you're going to hear the next message. Chance favors the prepared mind, Louis Pasteur. So there's two more aspects to the innovator's recipe that I'd love for you to comment on. Okay, so the first thing in the innovators of the future are going to be well-known for is that they peel back the onion. They, they don't just see a problem and then attack it. Like if there's deforestation in Haiti, they don't go plant more trees. I had a really important innovator in Haiti give me this analogy. So there's deforestation in Haiti, and you don't go spending the money on planting a million trees because you haven't figured out why everyone's cutting them down. And it turns out the reason why they're cutting them down is because 92% of Haitians um, don't have a, a high school education. Not absolutely sure about that. I've written an article about it. I could go back, but it's a huge number of people. And so it's poverty. They're literally cutting down trees to make charcoal so that they can heat water to give their children that it's safe. So no amount of trees, they'll just let them grow about as big as your wrist, and then they'll cut those down to make charcoal. So we got to get to the education piece of the puzzle in Haiti. So tell me, about how your ideas and your great example of mission driven for profit business gets at the source. How did you peel back the onion? And how do you every day?
1: I think for me, it goes back to understanding why I want to make sure every day I clearly communicate to my drivers and my followers and my clients, why they should do these things in the first place. Like, why should you care about your health? Why should you get up and move every day? Why should you drink more water? And and truth be told the industry itself, they don't know. They don't know. They're like 10 years behind rest of corporate. And, and most of these drivers are living in a bubble because they live anywhere from six days to six weeks to six months out of the year out on the road. And yes, they have their Facebook and they have their internet and they have all of that, but they're grossly disconnected from what we, in let's call it normal society, take for granted every single day the information that we're taking in so for me it's it's the education piece of showing them why and then making sure I'm actually adapting it to the environment that you're in have you ever had someone dr linda try to tell you that you should do something and all you're doing when you're listening to them is thinking you have no idea who I am you have no idea like my problem like i live like let's just say you live in the woods 30 miles away from town like that's not feasible for me. I live in the middle of nowhere. They took no interest in learning about you, learning about your lifestyle, learning about your real wants and needs, but yet they're constantly trying to slap a solution onto your problem. So I think that that's kind of what you were saying about the whole thing in Haiti. It's like, wow, this sounds great. I, I, Like I said, I lived in Nigeria for a while and I've traveled to Thailand several times on some mission trips. It always gets me, and this is just my personal opinion. When people are like, let's do a shoe drive for some third world country people, these people walk barefoot because their environment allows them to. They don't need your used shoes. They are 10 times healthier physically than we are because they don't wear shoes. That, that, that's that's the whole premise of their environment. Like, stop giving them your used shoes. Like, it's actually hurting them because then they're wearing shoes that are five sizes too small. And they're creating problems now that we have that they didn't need in the first place. So just go back to what you were saying about not understanding what's really going on, but trying to pose a solution that they actually don't need.
0: Hope and I can see each other. We're only recording the audio version of this interview, but she can see me kind of laughing. Because uh, what the example you just gave is, is I, I know our producer is laughing. I'm and I'm get
1: no, mail, no, so no.
0: I'll tell you why it's so wonderful, because it illustrates exactly what we're talking about. Okay, so the interview I just got off for this podcast is with an amazing man called Kenton Lee, who has invented a shoe that grows.
1: And seeing them, that's fantastic. And and I want to, I've seen the stuff on that, but the great thing about his shoe, and this is why he's so smart and he's a genius and you should definitely check him out, is his shoe is bendable and pliable and mobile. And these people don't live in concrete jungles like we do. So his shoe makes sense. There's areas for for ventilation to come in because they don't wear socks like we do. That is somebody that actually took interest in the environment that the people were living in and understanding the real problem.
0: That is so true. Okay. So that's back to rigorous intention. We're kind of weaving a fabric of rationale here for why businesses like yours are so important. I want to shoot up to that 10,000 foot level here for a few more minutes before we wrap up. So what I write about in the book that Hope's story is in is uh, I have a chapter called The Gratitude Economy. And I talk to people about the fact that I think we're making this transition where we're, I've had a study where 62% of us now identify as as values-driven consumers. Like we are spending our money, if we're going to bother and we're even willing to give a little bit more extra to businesses that are giving back. So it used to be that there were for-profits and not-for-profits. You were either in one world or the other. And then there is this group that's the mission-driven for-profits. That means they start with a mission that is in service to others and then they figure out a way to put bread on the table for their families on top of that. They're, they're not waiting to make a whole bunch of bucks and then give back. So I would consider, I, I use your, your business in that light, that there are so many mission-driven profits around us that we can engage with. We have a little company down the road that, that educates um, children that have difficulties learning in an entirely new way. And um, we support their dog biscuit business because they're using the making of these dog biscuits, um, the Bell Kate School, it's called, Bell Kate Dog Biscuits, to do so many. They're, they're just such multipliers for goodness. They're making a good product. They're making some money. They're teaching these kids some working skills. It's just a win all the way around. And that's what I'm looking for in the world. At Everwinding Circles, I am celebrating the people who have found a way to make a win for everyone. I think that's the next chapter. We're all tired of people yelling at us through clenched fists, even if they're on our side. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> no one wants that anymore. We're looking for the graceful, measured voices of reason. And I am delighted to if people have found a way to make money and make the world a better place at the same time. So give me some, uh, if there are people that are listening to this interview who have some notion of what's possible in their own world, they have two things that they could put together, like you put together yoga and trucking. Give me some of the some really, you know, like straight practical, uh, short pieces of advice that you would give somebody who has has those notions floating around in their brain, but hasn't quite got the courage yet.
1: Well, I think first things first, I would say that where I am right now with this I'm a for profit business, but I'm giving back to the community. I'm helping people in need is we have to shift our mindset to this idea that I I'm only going to support people that are a nonprofit or are this that we can actually help people, even if they are a for profit. Because here's the thing, the people that are working behind those businesses that are for profit are real people just like you. And so one of the things that I I always tell my customers, and now I have sponsors and partners that work with me because they believe in my mission and what I'm doing, is we have to keep this cycle going, this circle going. When I owned a yoga studio, I was giving away free classes all the time. I I was discounting all the time. And you know what happened to me, Dr. Linda? I became a little angry and a little bitter and a little tired and a little exhausted and a little sick of it, of doing what I love. Because I didn't feel like it was being repaid back, that the balance was off. I believe that it's a constant give and take. It's a constant cycle. I give what I'm good at and what you need. And in exchange, you give me something green. Sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's a shout out. Sometimes it's a a product. Sometimes it's a gift. Sometimes it's a hug. But there has to be this continual cooperation of equalness in give and take. And if you're stepping into your business and you're like, I'm stuck, I can't seem to get past blank, make sure the scales aren't off. Make sure that the scales aren't off. And you have to ask yourself, I had to have a real hard conversation with myself at one point and came to the conclusion I was a part of that problem. I kept giving away myself for free and couldn't figure out why people weren't valuing me my worth because I wasn't showing them what I was worth. I kept discounting myself. I was wearing a ring around my neck that said free. Now, why would somebody want to value what I give if I'm wearing a sign that says free everywhere I go?
0: I know so much about this, don't I?
1: <laughs> so, so my point is, don't, do don't, I'm not saying go and charge $500 an hour for your services tomorrow. But what I am saying is that if the scales are off, there is so much self-empowerment and so much good that can come when you take back ownership over your situation. I wasn't happy with where my business was, so I decided to do something about it. I wanted to impact more people and an opportunity presented by itself, and I took the leap. People say to me a lot in my community, oh, it's so sad that you, you closed your yoga studio, and I look at them, I say, no, it's not. I said, I am helping so many people right now, and this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And it's interesting, Dr. Linda, because they look back at me, most of them, in utter shock, because they're expecting me to say, yeah, I know it was so sad, but it's a joyous thing. It was the best decision of my life. I am so happy that I decided to take that leap with that possibility, and I wish more people would flip their perspective that change is good.
0: Yes, change is good. And maybe that's one of the gifts that will come out of the pandemic. You know, I'm a really big believer in searching for the gifts, even in disaster. And that's gonna be a chapter in a chapter in book number two. It, it's always there. We just have to look a little harder or we have to shift our perspective so we can see, lean around the tree that's in front of us and see all the other trees beyond, right?
1: And like I found so much empowerment in pointing the finger back at me. I know that that sounds like it sounds bad or sounds like, oh, but I found so much empowerment of going. I actually have a, um, a, a little note here on my bulletin board that says 90 percent of business problems are personal problems in disguise. And I have that on my bulletin board to remind me that when I get stuck in my business, Stop blaming other people hope. Stop looking out and saying, oh, the truck drivers aren't receptive yet. Oh, the, your, your niche market's not ready for you. Oh, they're not open-minded. No, it's me. It's me. And I say that to empower myself and get to the root cause so that I can move forward. There's a sense of ownership in everything that you do, Dr. Linda, that if when we take ownership, it's not to say we suck or we did wrong. It's to empower ourselves to create even more greatness.
0: Oh, that is a quote. That is a quote. This is it. Self-awareness is, I think, one of the things that I hope comes out of the pandemic is that we all have a lot more self-awareness. And I think we can get there. I totally do. I see people questioning their priorities so much more we're all in thinking zone right now we're, we're we're sizing this up and and trying to make the best it. that's what human beings do we have gone through episode after episode throughout human history when our backs are to the wall and made a tremendous leap forward so tell us quickly where can people connect with you what's the best way
1: Absolutely. So the best way is mother yoga.com. And I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. Um, I do lit lives quite a bit, just Mother Trucker Yoga. If you type that in, I will pop up wherever you are.
0: Okay, great. I always end the these interviews with a question that you may have heard this expression before, but we kind of go by this this moniker. Ever widening circles. It is still an amazing world. So tell me hope. What reminds you every day that it is still an amazing world?
1: The biggest thing that impacts me in that sense is that whenever I put myself out there and I do something that's scary to me, there is a person on the other end it might not be the first person it might not be the second person but there is a person on the other end that wants to hear what i have to say like i have to call truck stops now and call retailers and i and i and i don't like doing that and people tell me no and i move on because The next person, if I would stop, the next person that I talk to is a yes. There are, they are a, I love this idea. I want to work with you. And so keep going, keep voicing, keep, keep reaching because you're the one that can open the circle that you're in. You can widen that circle yourself, but you have to keep going.
0: That is so lovely. You know, I, I've run across a lot of adversity through the Widening Circles project in the beginning when it was so strange. It was such a strange notion that we had to change the negative dialogue about our times back in 2014. And I used to always think about no's this way. No is only a no for now. It's a no for now. And that helped me go on to ask the next person for help. Back to what your point is, maybe I just haven't presented the message right.
1: And, and, I love that, and it's the idea of, you know, when someone says no, or someone says, I don't believe in you, someone said to me one time, because I said, I'm going to prove them wrong. And they looked at me and said, this was many years ago, they go, no hope, you're going to prove them better. And that has stuck with me. And that person actually was my husband. Um, and, and that has stuck with me. I'm going to get emotional over it. For I don't even know how long, because it's not about proving someone wrong. It's about proving someone better. And that means that you keep striving. And you know what that also means, Dr. Linda, is that you're going to change them. You're going to help open them to new possibilities because they're going to see that you've done better. And as a result, they're open to possibilities. It starts with you.
0: Wow. So... I have an idea that we could keep on talking quite forever <laughs> and this is going to have to be a part two, part one and part two conversation. I just absolutely love the momentum we got in this conversation and there's so much more. I never did get to the six questions I had written down in the interview for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the second interview. Okay? okay. Or the third of the whole oh, I'm not yeah. sure.
0: Okay. So for more information about our guest work today, and any of the subjects we mentioned, check out the show notes. My team is super good about those show notes. Sometimes I just look at them and I think, where does all this energy come from? So that's where you can find almost anything we talk about today. Um, and as always, dive into the Ever Widening Circles universe by visiting us at ewc.co, everwideningcircles.com. Of course, you can type that in. But to get to the sharp cut, it's ewc.co, C-O. If there are students in your life, turn them loose on the education version of Ever Widening Circles at ewced.com. We need that now more than ever. <laughs> and if you wanna tie learning to the why that Hope was just talking about, that's what you're gonna find at everwideningcirclesed.com or ewced.com. This is a place of hope and wonder that will keep your kids' hopes and dreams alive through this tough time. Now, people are always asking me every day, how can they help? with the ever widening circles effort and the number one thing you can do is download the app it's a dollar a month to have that antidote to the daily news in the palm of your hand and this is how we're going to change the world we need to send a message to content creators out there that we will support positive media and if our goal is actually to try and get a million subscribers in one year because this matters. This is one of the things I've learned going from ordinary web user to, to uh, global publisher is that someone is counting every click we make on the internet. And if I can get a million subscribers to the Ever Widening Circles podcast in one year, it will fundamentally change what we're seeing on the news, the, the social media and the internet. So that's a great way to help us. And I want to share one more other piece of really big news with you. We are actually hosting the first Conspiracy of Goodness Summit on October 4th. We have seven thought leaders that have become really dear to the Everwinding Circle's ethos about many of the things that Hope and I just spoke about. So the summit is on October 4th. You can get tickets to that at a website that's CogSummit.com. So Conspiracy of Goodness, we shorten to the word Cog, C-O-G, Summit, dot com. We're going to have some fun there on a Sunday afternoon and we're going to try and bump this conspiracy of goodness way out there. We can usher in a new era. I'm going to hope that all the connections of goodness and progress that Hope and I shared with you today, you carry on through your week and you'll join us again and start looking for joy and wonder. It's there and we can all propagate it. Have a great day.